Hi, and welcome to For This Child, I Have Prayed. This is a podcast where faithful women share their journey to motherhood and how it has been marked by the goodness of God. Whether you are struggling with infertility, wrestling with postpartum, or navigating adoption, my prayer is that you are encouraged and uplifted by their testimonies of just how faithful our Creator truly is. In today's episode, Heather will be sharing her journey to motherhood that includes breaking down the idols of marriage and being a mother, managing expectations, struggling with postpartum depression, and allowing God to be her greatest desire. Now let's meet Heather. Hi, Heather. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, It's great to be with you, Heather. I am so excited. So I was talking to you before we hit record and I am fangirling over here. For those who don't know, this is Heather Creekmore, the podcast host of Compared to Who. And Heather, you have had such an impact on my life uh, over the past two to three years when I have been working on my negative body image, disordered eating. I listen to your podcast every single day and I've read your book and I just can't believe that you're here on my podcast. So it means a lot to me. Well, I'm blessed to hear that, Heather. It's 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 humbling to hear you say that. So I, I'm glad I could be part of your journey. <laughs> well, would you like to officially introduce yourself yeah. to our listeners? Yeah. So um, like Heather said, I'm Heather Creekmore. I'm a mom of four and a pastor's wife, but my last decade of my life has been focused on trying to help women with body image and comparison issues. And that's a ministry that's launched out of my own story of just really struggling with always feeling this pressure to need to look different. And it's the kind of thing, Heather, I don't know if this is your story or not, but it was just present in my life from a very young age. And I didn't actually know it was an issue or that it was something that could be different. I just thought because I was female, it was always going to be this thing in my life. And God set me free from that about, uh, like I said, 10 years ago. And so that's that's kind of what I've been doing. I have a podcast, like you said, I write books. I've got two out and I've got two more coming out over the next two years and uh, speak to women and and do fun interviews like this one with you. That's awesome. And I know we're going to kind of talk about how that part kind of plays into your story. So would you like to go ahead and get started and share your journey to motherhood? Yeah. So I was raised in church. And I'll be honest, I went to college hoping to get an MRS degree, even though I had dreams. I had things I wanted to do, but I really wanted to get married because I really felt strongly a call to be married and to be a mom. Like that's really what my heart desired. Um, But I made it through college. I don't even think I had a boyfriend in college, (laughs) come to think of it. (laughs) So that dream was not going to happen. And I worked in politics. I I had a number of of jobs for nonprofit organizations and, and I ran political campaigns actually through my 20s. And I didn't actually end up meeting my husband until I was 30 years old. And so that decade 
was a long one. I got out of college at 20. So from 20 to 30, uh, there was a lot of me um, <laughs> negotiating with God, like, God, please, if you'll just bring a man into my life, you know, then, you know, I'll do whatever. Like, I, I'm willing, I'm open. Like, okay, God, maybe I won't do this if you'll just let me get married or God, let him be the one. Like, I know he doesn't seem like he's the right one, but you know, God, you can, you can save him. Like, <laughs> convert this guy that I'm already dating outside your will and they can be the one because Heather, I just, I really wanted to be a wife and a mom. And I had these. I think you would probably assess them as high powered jobs. You know, I was a campaign manager for U.S. congressional races. I was a vice president at a nonprofit organization. Like I, I looked like I had success, but to me, success meant being a mom <laughs> and being a wife. And I didn't have that. And, and that was hard. Um, it was, it was a struggle and it actually tied into my body in that struggle <laughs> uh, because I believed that the problem, the reason why I wasn't married yet, the reason why I didn't have these dreams come true is because my body wasn't good enough. And so that kind of kept me trapped. It really even you know further enmeshed into disordered eating. And I, I think I did have a full-blown eating disorder, even though I was never actually diagnosed as such, but, um, but that kept me enmeshed in those issues because I believed if I could fix the body thing, then I would fix the, the dream thing. Um, so finally I did, I met my husband on eHarmony, <laughs> which, uh, it was not the story I wanted, um, but we met on eHarmony and um, got married and we um, we actually had a, a fairly easy transition into pregnancy. Um, the birth control pill made me crazy uh, and I had taken it in my teen years for some acne issues and I knew like that that wasn't going to be an option for me. <laughs> I knew my husband wouldn't want me <laughs> in that state. So I was like, listen, dude, like, you know, <laughs> I can't go on the pill. Uh, you will not like what happens then. And um, and so we, we got pregnant fairly early in. And I'll tell you what, it was shocking because this had been my dream for how long? And I'm pregnant and I felt sad. I felt, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to put words to it. I don't know that I would have called it depression, like from that early point, but it just felt like this is all like this. I was supposed to have, you know, rainbows and glitter and butterflies. And this was supposed to make my whole world right. This is the thing I've been waiting for, the thing I've been praying for. And I don't feel all better in every way. This hasn't fixed anything. And um, I had my son and I'm still trying to work. And now I have a baby and I, I was never diagnosed with postpartum depression. They had this little diagnostic test at the, the OB. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I just answered enough questions, right. Or if I just wasn't really being honest with where I was at, if I was trying to still be optimistic, like, no, this is great. Like, just ignore how you feel. This is great. This is great. Uh, but I really struggled. Uh, we had, uh, read several books on um, sleep training and 
able to do life with a baby. And, you know, basically the theme of a lot of these books was, you know, how to not let the baby interrupt your life. And so I would say I kind of went into motherhood with this commitment of the baby's not going to interrupt my life because we're going to do all the things right. And like I said, I had had pretty high powered management jobs. And so I was kind of used to, you know, laying out the expectations and having people like go with what I've asked of them. Babies don't do that, Heather. <laughs> they do not. And so I don't know what his deal was, but he didn't understand that he was supposed to sleep when I needed him to sleep and he was supposed to eat when I needed him to sleep to eat. And it, it was really difficult for me in a way that I never anticipated. Because like I said, this is supposed to be dream come true. This is, I'm supposed to have these ooey gooey, like, whoa, I'm just so in love with this baby kind of feelings. And I just didn't. And it was hard, um, harder than I ever anticipated. He had some reflux issues, later kind of connected that to when I ate dairy, his life was bad. And then my life was bad. And so I was doing some dieting, diet tweaks to try to help him um, not have so much reflux. And, and that kind of felt like a full-time job, just trying to keep him from spitting up all the time and trying to get him to sleep. Um, but about six months after we had our oldest, I was pregnant again. And so, uh, even be like, so I, I really didn't know it was coming. <laughs> it was a big shock, uh, cause I hadn't started again. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, that's why I hadn't started again. Cause the second baby's coming. And so then I've got two and then, um, I had a miscarriage after the second one, which was really difficult to walk through. Um, even though I kept trying to talk myself out of it. Like you already have two kids. Like it's, it's okay. It's okay. If you can't have another one, but it's just not true. Like it still hurts. There's still loss. There's still grief around that. And so, so that was, it was really difficult. So I had two babies and I'm, I'm mourning the loss of a third baby. Um, we did get pregnant again, um, with my third, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five months after the miscarriage. And with him, I had a whole new level of PPD. Now, looking back, I think part of it was um, I was trying to be so careful about what I ate because I didn't want to cause some of the reflux and digestive issues. And, and then also, like I said, I had body image and disordered eating stuff. So I was trying to nurse him and live on applesauce and plain turkey. My nutrition was really, I was eating good, quote unquote, good foods. But my nutrition was poor and my depression was, was real. I, um, I did go to the doctor who told me to go to a counselor and I went to the counselor who told me to go to the doctor. <laughs> so it was, I didn't get a whole lot of support, uh, other than, you know, well, Hey, you know, try to eat bananas. Now bananas did help, <laughs> but, um, but it wasn't really what I was looking for. Um, but I had, uh, and I've, I've never shared about this publicly, but I would say with him, I was borderline. I had some level of, of psychosis. Um, I would, his, his, the kids' bedrooms are all upstairs and I would be walking up the stairs and I would hear throw him over the banister. 
And so there was a period, oh, it's so hard for me to talk about this. There was a period where I would not go upstairs because I was afraid of, of what, what I would do. And, you know, I told my husband, I had accountability around me and, and I believe now that a lot of that was spiritual. We were getting ready to plan a church. And so, so kind of discerning, like what's the spiritual part of that? And what's the psychosis part of that? I'm not sure, but I know that my mind, my mental state was ripe for that kind of spiritual attack. Um, and so that, and that lasted several months and, um, it was, it was, it was just the whole, the whole motherhood journey, Heather, was so much more difficult than I would have ever expected it to be. Now, my kids are older now, so I've got a lot of hindsight. My oldest is 16 and our youngest. So I had, I had one more after, after the third. He was like super easy pregnancy, like super, like he was Mr. Chill and super easy baby. baby. I think there are studies out there that like three is the hardest number and like four gets like exponentially easier. And I think that's probably what happened. Like by four, it's like, whatever, you're fine. <laughs> and um, my whole uh, demeanor around around motherhood and what I could control and what I couldn't control had changed significantly. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a journey. And, and, you know, looking back now, whew, those are some hard days. I probably just blotted them all out, like, <laughs> like trauma in a way. Uh, the kids, my younger kids will ask me questions about their baby days. And I'm like, Ooh, mom doesn't remember that. (laughs) I don't know. Hopefully there's a picture that will tell us the answer to that because mom's got nothing on you. Those were, those days were a blur. I had four in four years. So my oldest turned five, right? Uh, four months after my youngest was born. So, um, so now I look, I look at my oldest, I'm like, poor kid, like he's going to need therapy someday because at four, it was like, dude, you're going to have to get your own breakfast. Like I got three other babies. <laughs> like, you're going to have to figure out how to tie your shoes. Like you just, you're going to have to just figure out all the things, be a man. Okay. And, and then my youngest was, you know, eight and I'm still like, can I pour your cereal? <laughs> so it is all relative, but yeah, that's, that's my story, or at least you know the highlights of my my journey and my my uh, my experience becoming a mom. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I can totally four under four is bonkers. So <laughs> I can imagine, and that young one probably has three older fathers like go yeah. watching over him <laughs> during that time where you had to kind of manage your expectations and change the expectations. What was God showing you or helping you through with that? Yeah. So I don't know that God showed me directly within that time what my issue was, but this is around the same time that God started talking to me about my body image stuff. And what he showed me with my body image stuff is that I had made it an idol and that was exactly the same kind of message. As I looked back over my life, I was like, wow, like I've been searching for salvation. Like I thought, okay, I've, had, I've got these jobs. They're fine. Um, but I was searching for salvation. And as soon as I get the man, as soon as I get a husband and then, okay, well, that didn't work. That didn't make me happy. As soon as I get a baby. Okay. That, and so I had made an idol out of becoming a mom, out of having a baby and idols always let us down, right? They make these false promises that everything in life will be 
better. And, you know, that I'll feel this peace and rest and joy. When you have a baby, like hopefully there's some joy, but there's not peace and rest. (laughs) Those things do not come from having a baby. I mean, if maybe for some they do, I I pray that's that's the listener's experience, but that was not mine. It was like, no, my rest is gone and my peace is is woo all over the place because I don't know what's going on here. I don't know how to do this. I felt, you know, overwhelmed. And so so the idol let me down. And so it was really a call back to Jesus as the source of my salvation, recognizing, well, you know, honestly, I was a little mad at God. If I'm honest, I was like, this was supposed to fix it. Like this was supposed to help me feel fulfilled in my life. Like God, like we had a deal. I was going to become a wife. I was going to become a mom. And then I was going to feel great. And I wasn't going to have to worry about anything else in my life. And I was angry that he let me down And that wasn't it at all, right? He hadn't let me down. He just, I was turning to these other things, hoping they would be sources of fulfillment. And all the while he's like, no, Heather, I'm the only one. I'm the only one in all these circumstances. And and really I look back now and I'm like that decade I wasted just pining away for, you know, being a wife and being a mom. There were probably other things that he could have used me to do during that time. And not that having desires is bad, right? Like, I don't mean that at all. Like, I don't, I don't despise having those longings or having those desires. Like those are good desires that God puts in our heart, right? Like I, I don't, I think he put them there. There's nothing wrong with it. But when I became so obsessed with those desires, so focused on them as the thing that would save me, I think that's when, that's when things went astray. Heather, I can totally relate to that, and I know our listeners are going to as well. I remember the first time I heard you call out body image as an idol, and it really convicted me and has since then helped me call out the other idols I have in my life, one of them very much being wanting to become a mother. And I'm also very much aware that that's not going to fulfill me. And I think that, you know, just like you were saying, oh, once I get married, all my problems will disappear. Once I have a child, all my problems will disappear. And then how disappointed are we? And that's what leads into the depression and kind of that black hole that we sink into. And like you said, God's saying, no, I am the only one that can fulfill any of those desires more than those desires can. Mm -hmm. And I know God put that desire in my heart, but I have made it the main focus of my life. And sometimes I find that I am striving more or desiring more to become a mother than I am striving or desiring for that relationship with God. Yeah, I I remember. So my husband's a pastor and I already had four kids at the time. And I remember walking with this woman who had one baby, but was having a really difficult time getting pregnant with a second. And they were, you know, trying all the things going the IVF route. And, um, and it had been, I think, I think her one child was 10. So it had been like a, you know, seven or eight year journey. And, and she was just telling me like, Heather, if I could just have another baby, if I could just have another baby. And I was like, but don't you understand? Like, that's, that's what so many women are saying before they have one, right? And you have the one and now, you know, it's just, it's just one more, that'll be it. And then I had another friend around the same time who had seven, she had seven children 
And she was like, I just want one more. If I could just have one more. And I was like, it's, it was just so interesting, the timing to be able to see the juxtaposition between, you know, the women in our church who are trying just for one, this woman who had one and been trying for number two, and the woman who had seven already. I mean, I don't know. Like, I would just assume after seven, you're like, I'm good. <laughs> That's plenty for me. But but it it is so, I mean, having children is a blessing. It's a good thing, right? But that's what idols are. They're good things that we turn into ultimate things, right? And it's so nuanced, right? Like you don't, like there's not an alarm that goes off when you've crossed the line from, oh, my longing for this good thing has now become idolatrous. <laughs> it's not like, woo, woo, woo. oh, you cross the line, go back, go back. No, you don't even know. Like our hearts deceive us in this, but in it, it, it is a real wrestling match to keep our hearts just aligned with Jesus and, and submitted in the posture of, okay, God, you, here's what I want. Here's my longing. God, please like this, this, I, I, I know, <laughs> I know this would be a good thing. Like this is, this is it, I, but I'm going to open my hand and, and say, God, you, not my will, but yours be done. God, please help my focus to be on you. And that's, that's a hard thing. It is hard. And I I also believe that he takes us on this journey to draw closer to him and to mm-hmm. learn these lessons yeah. um, before they turn into something else. Yeah. So, absolutely. well, again, Heather, thank you so much for sharing your journey to motherhood. Where can the listeners find you? Yeah. So I am at compared to who.me. M-E, and that's where you can find my podcast. I've got two books out currently. One is Compared to Who, that's my body image story. And the other one is called The Burden of Better, uh, How a Comparison-Free Life Can Lead to Joy, Peace, and Rest. And that's really a book more about not comparing yourselves to others. There's a little bit of body image stuff in it because that's just part of my story, but it's a little bit broader, like comparing our families to other people's families, our marriages, other people's marriages, that sort of thing. Um, And both of those are available. You can actually start reading the first chapter free on my website, compareto.me. And my podcast is there and I've got some plans on you version that are free. You can start reading Burden of Better and Compared to Who uh, plans on you version and links are all on that page. And I will also include all the links in the show notes. I have read the book. I said before, I have listened to your podcast. I listen to it every week. And I have also done your your plans on you version as well. So highly recommend those. I will leave them in the show notes. Heather, before we close out, would you do this the honor of praying for the woman listening who may be on a similar journey to you? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. For my sister who's listening today, God, I thank you for her. God, you know where she's at. You know those longings, those desires of her heart. You know what her heart is crying. God, you know what her eyes may be crying to. God, I just pray your hand on her that she would be filled with your peace. God, that in whatever way her desires have turned into idols, God, you would reveal that to her. Surround her in your love and your peace and help her to know that she's going to be okay. 
that she doesn't need these idols to save her, that you alone can do that. God, reassure her with your peace. Fill her with your joy, no matter what her circumstances today. God, touch her, touch her heart, and let her know just how loved she is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Heather, so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey to motherhood. And thank you listeners for taking the time to tune in today. If Heather's testimony encouraged you or you know a woman in your life that needs to hear this story, please be sure to share it with them. And if you haven't already left a star review wherever you listen to your podcast, if you could please go ahead and leave one, I would be so grateful. My hope and prayer is that this show inspires and uplifts every woman on on her journey to motherhood and high ratings helps make that possible. And last but certainly not least, if you or a friend or family member would like to share your story on the For This Child I Have Prayed podcast, I would be honored to have you. There's a form in the show notes that you can fill out and then I will be in touch. Until next time, remember that God has a plan for you. There's a miracle in the making and I'll be praying for you. Bye.